This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. As entrepreneurs, one of the biggest challenges is the barriers to growth. How do we grow? How can we do it ourselves? And in that, partners become very important. Who do we hire? Who do we look for? Who do we partner with? What companies do we go for? In the entrepreneurial experience, it can feel really painful to hire an outside consultant or to bring in a third party, but it can be very critical to growing. We're going to talk about how that works and how you can think about it and how business owners should think about looking for partners and utilizing partners, whether it's technology, whether it's sales. Those are the two biggest we see. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast, sponsored by Network Together. Go to ntevents.net to go to networking groups all over the country, but done virtually. In addition, thanks to C-Suite Radio for hosting and promoting the podcast Today's guest, Rick Stoddard, is a longtime professional in the sales, technology, and consulting role, working with business owners like yourselves. So we're going to talk about how to find people like him, how to know it's the right person, and what value those third parties can bring. Rick, thanks for joining me today and having this conversation. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. In, in your experience, you started with an accounting degree. We're not going to talk about accounting, but that's where you came from. But you went right into business and sales pretty much immediately. Tell us about how, how did you get into sales and how did you grow in that portion of your career onto being, starting your own companies and other? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, my, my degree is in accounting. Uh, however, uh, it was always a desire of mine to be uh, more educated uh, in the sales arena my father, you know, my father was a uh, professional salesperson. I, you know, I observed him and, and we talked a lot about, uh, you know, his career and, and how I may be able to, to uh, uh, you know, grow my own competence in that area. So I had a, I, I, I interviewed with Xerox right out of, out of the college and uh, I had the opportunity to go to, to, to go work with them. And, uh, I had the privilege of experiencing some world-class training, and that was a great foundation that really launched my career in sales. But it was also from there, uh, I, I got involved in, in several endeavors and one in, in several that I started. Uh, and uh, I happened to get into technology along the way. So, so, so where I am today, I've certainly experienced uh, working in technology, technology world. And uh, I think I've got a, a fairly interesting perspective on innovation and how to work with a lot of different companies. I bet. And, and your experience and, and even bringing the accounting training into it is critical for any entrepreneur that you work with. How does the math work? How does 
how do your resources fit from a number standpoint? So even that background, but every entrepreneur that you work with and the companies that, that you target can, can balance, can, I guess, be valued from both sides of your experience, the technology side and the sales side. And in your roles as a consultant, as a, uh, a salesperson, what, what do your clients look for? Like if you put yourself in their shoes, what are they looking for where technology is, a, is an important factor? Because a, a lot of business owners miss it because they don't even know what's available because they're so busy doing their jobs. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what they don't want. They don't want <laughs> someone's just selling them. They absolutely don't. Want it. They want a trusted advisor. They want, they want someone that, uh, is, that, that they feel comfortable they're going to have a conversation with. And at the end of that conversation, by the way, there could be a recommendation, like in my case, I could have a recommendation for the services, the company I represent. But more importantly, if there was someplace else that would be a better fit, then that's going to be my recommendation. So always putting the, 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 you know, that client, that customer first and asking a lot of questions and not telling them what I'm going to do for them. <laughs> yes. And, and I love the term trusted advisor because when we all know when someone comes into our office that their ultimate job is to get us to use their product or service or at least pitch their product or service, right? Um, how do you balance the trusted advisor side versus the revenue side, right? Because it's important that you and your company are served by getting more clients and driving revenue. But if you sell the wrong clients and they don't get what they need, it's a blemish on your side. They're not going to have a great experience. It doesn't help. How do you mentally balance that? And then how does that translate to your clients? Yeah. Well, I think, again, I, you're right. I mean, certainly the conversations that I'm having, is there an opportunity for, for, for my company? But, but what I've learned over time is, is that what, what you never know is if you, if you have, a, 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 I guess, a rewarding conversation with someone, you never know who they might recommend you to as well. So again, there may not be a direct fit. And you don't, I, you know, I, I would certainly encourage... What, what people don't want, again, they don't want they want They want to be in a conversation of what would make a difference for them and their business. And in that conversation is where you uncover, really, where, where, is, where is that connection? Where, you know, where, where is it that you could actually assist them? Does that make sense? It makes total sense because the, the sale is not in what you deliver. The sale is in the questions that you ask that allow someone to tell you what they really want and need. How do you go into those conversations to uncover, as a business owner, I don't know what I need until you allow me to, or to, to find the holes, so to speak. Yeah. So, so in that conversation, how do you help business owners identify where their gaps are, where their holes are? Well, you know, it's, it's likely I've got a, a reasonable idea where there may be some challenges. And, you know, it's really in the questioning. I, when, I, when I meet with people, uh, the, I'll probably, in that conversation, I may talk 20, 30% of the time. So it's, it's asking the kinds of questions that really have people do the, the type of critical thinking 
that could make a difference. And that's, and that's really a differentiator. That doesn't happen enough. And when someone is in those kinds of conversations, it elevates you uh, as well as, again, in that role of being a trusted advisor. Very true. And I don't want to date either one of us, but if you think about the technology that you were probably selling at Xerox when you started to technology today, not only in what it delivers, but in how businesses can be supported by it. Talk a little bit about, because with a copier, it, it helps business, but now technology can replace people. It can replace resources. It can save time. It can build capacity. Talk a little bit about just the technology landscape that you see where you support your clients. Well, it's all about, it's all about uh, uh, accelerating innovation. We are, you know, the world of innovation is exploding. And by the way, the pandemic we're involved in right now is only, that's only accelerating that whole uh, environment. So, so we're moving faster and faster uh, and, and technology is enabling us. So, so, so it's really, it's, it's being aware of what's coming and how, and it's not so much what it is today, but I, I you know, and I, I should refer to, there was something that Wayne Gretzky talks about, right? It's about skating to where the puck is going to be. And that is the kinds of conversations that I love having with my prospects and my clients. Where's the puck going to be? And that's where I want to assist them. And I love that quote. It's got so many uses. And I think we've probably all used it in some way, shape or form, but, and you, you, Put me down a, a question road that I, that I want to take you through, which is when is the right time, right? The right time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. But for a business, some businesses can have the luxury of investing for the future, like you were talking about, because they've got the resources to plan. Others are so in the moment that they're stuck and they're hoping this technology can create savings capacity, whatever they need. How do you help your clients in either situation, the ones that need it yesterday or the ones that need it tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's, it, it's really an, you know, prompting an honest conversation of where they are from a financial standpoint, where, what it is that, you know, what's, what, what's really the view of the market that they're addressing and, and by the way, are, are they on point? Because it, because many times, you know, I meet, especially when I talk, I talk to startups, one of the first questions I ask all of them, why, what is your why? I don't care what the solution is. What's the why behind it? And if they can begin to answer those kinds of questions, it has a tremendous impact on clarity moving forward. So it's, so it's all about that foundation that you have today. How can you enhance it or how can you leverage that? Cause you've got a, that a great solid foundation and how do you leverage it when it comes to acceleration? No, it's very important. Very important. When for business owners that are listening for business owners that are going to see us on, on social media and everywhere else, it's, it's easy to get involved in the day to day and move forward. You know that you need to think strategically. You know that you need to probably make investments, uh, but the world can get away from us, 
right? In, in, in pandemic land that we're in right now, the world moved very fast for a lot of businesses. They didn't necessarily have time to, to seek someone like you out for the advice on what they should do. How do you, how can you speak to business owners? What should they be looking for in their own businesses to know, hey, it's time to call Rick. It's time to look for a third party. It's time to get a little bit more advice in the business. They all need it, but they don't always recognize it. How do you help them recognize it? Yeah, well, I think, I think uh, the struggle is, so what it, it's really, okay, you're asking me, uh, really, there's many different facets of what you're asking, right? It, but it's, where are they stuck? Okay, if they can first begin to just think about, and, that, and that's, you know, the point you bring up is so, is so true. Uh, most entrepreneurs get so in the business that they're not able to really see, like, you know, raise themselves above mentally and begin to look at the business and how to work on it. So that's really the conversation is to be able to guide them to begin to look at working on the business and not be so uh, intensely focused on being in the business. We all get stuck with, with you know, the actions, the tactics, and those are all important, but you got to have clarity of mind to really execute on a very high level. So those are the kinds of things, again, it's just the, 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 the conversation that will prompt some of that kind of thinking. And what's always interesting is what pops out. And, and, and many times I have a pretty good idea, but if that innovator or that entrepreneur can speak it himself and he sees something maybe he didn't see before, that's really powerful. Yeah, and, and that's where someone like you can make that happen, right? Uh, we can all have conversations with ourselves, but if we bring one other person into it, it changes it overnight. Uh, in your career, I think all salespeople are entrepreneurs, whether they think of themselves or not. They have to go and create every minute of every day by getting new leads, getting new contacts, and then, and then bringing the business home. But you've been a sales in sales roles. You've started your own companies. You've sold for other companies. So you sat in every seat that the every entrepreneur has to be in. How does that background help you in your conversations and the advice you provide to your clients and prospects? Well, I think, I think it gives, you know, I've, I've worked with Fortune 500s to clear down to startups. So there's, again, there, there's different types of thinking all according to the, the, the size and environment of the company. So I think it, it, it allows me to be able to work with funded startups, early stage, series A, all the way up to enterprise companies. And I am being a kinds of conversation, again, that's engaging and not quote unquote selling something. And, and by the way, I don't care who you are, we're all selling. Yes, agreed. And some people, you know, they resist that whole, you know, using that word, you know, that's fine. But the, the fact is, want to accomplish anything in life, there is an element of salesmanship that's involved. And to those people who don't, who don't want to admit that necessarily, right? Some people say, well, I don't sell. We all sell and we all advise. Where do you see the two intersecting for your clients when you support them? 
the advice versus the sale? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's an easy transition. And I'll, I'll tell you honestly, what, what usually happens, they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I have to like close them. I actually, what the conversation is just a natural progression that the light bulb goes off and it's, they said, they're the one that says, you know, we need to get started on this. So it's, you know, that's, that's really, that's what's interesting about these kinds of conversations. It's fascinating when you have a conversation with someone and they <clears throat> inherently know that you're in the room for a reason, you're the right person at the right time for the right reason for their business. <clears throat> when a company takes on new technology, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the technology experience in general. Taking on new technology can be very disruptive. The excitement of the, <clears throat> of the, the sale for them, buying something that they know is going to be supportive is great. But now comes the hard work of the implementation and getting it right. Talk a little bit about how businesses can position themselves properly to implement new technology so it's successful and where you support them. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, you know, there's many facets to that as well. But it's, it's certainly, what are they, where are they as a company of having a core team in place that, you know, if we're talking about tech, technology, do they have people that understand technology? Do they understand the software arena? Having that type of expertise, it, it really, for, for the company I work, work for, currently work uh, with on Cora, if you don't have a core uh, tech team in place, it probably is not going to be, you know, we're not going to uh, uh, engage in a relationship today. Now, at some point in time later, possibly. But, but the thing is, is it's how do you, once you have that core team, how do you leverage the resources to be able to grow as fast as possible? Because again, if you're, if you're a SaaS software company, it's all about velocity. So how do you structure it? Who do you talk to that maybe can educate you on how to do that? Uh, one of the biggest mistakes people make, a lot of people make that I, that I talk to, is they have made decisions uh, they not necessarily based on research and really trying to understand the process, but what they think is the right thing to do, or they get sold. And un unfortunately, a lot of times they have a bad experience. So, so it's really, it's being educated in a way. And that's a lot of what I do. I educate. And uh, that I think that's a very powerful way to engage with people. Focus on educating them first. Agreed. If, if you go into the, the features and benefits and, and all the bells and whistles too fast, people can get lost in, in what's going to happen. If you educate them on why it's going to work and where it's going to be of value, then those features, benefits, bells and whistles become all the more valuable. Oh, absolutely. And there's always, there's always a story to be told, right? right. On both sides. So if, if we can actually be in the kinds of conversation, we're sharing stories. It's so engaging and, and people, I mean, you can, you can, I, I can actually uh, visually see like it, if I could see barriers, I could see them actually disappearing. 
because people are opening themselves up because they're so engaged. That's awesome. That's awesome. As we wrap up, just I think one or two final questions. One is in the sales process, it's important to have the right decision makers at the right time. The person writing the check may not be the person who needs to know what's going on. Um, how do you work with companies to make sure that not only the, the economic buyer, the person who's ultimately writing the check understands the value of what you're delivering, but the tech team that you're gonna work very closely with and, and on the implementation side knows that it's the right product. How do you engage companies to make sure that all of those are unified so you have a successful outcome? Yeah, well, it's according to the size. I mean, obviously, the bigger the organization, the more complex. Yep. And it's you got to map the organization. You got to really understand, you know, who who has a uh, who's going to participate in the decision making process. Who is the ultimate decision maker? But those are things you need to know prior to actually going in and uh, uh, you know talking to. C-level executives, you've got to have a pretty good idea of what the landscape is. And if you do, it's just going to make those conversations go that much better. And you're not going to waste as much time. Yes. And, and you're going to look like you, uh, you, did, you did some research, you're smart, and you're educated on their business, not just yours. You will actually look like a professional. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> and last thing for me, when, when you're looking right now and you're saying, all right, for Rick, Here's my ideal client. Who are you looking for right now? And who's the right person for you to initiate a conversation with? Yeah. So, so from a company standpoint, one, the, one of the focuses for, for, uh, for me and for our company is SaaS software companies. Okay. This, yep. could, this could be a, a funded startup, at least a series A. Uh, it could be we have companies that are at an enterprise level in this space. But it's a company that's maybe 50 people up to 500. They have a product. They're off to the races. And, they, and, and innovation acceleration is something they're challenged with. And, and that's where we can, we can actually play with them and access global talent to facilitate that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time and, and just your vast experience and what you've done in your career and how you provide advice on the sales and technology side, which are so critical to businesses. I really appreciate you taking the time to explain it, Rick. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. You're very welcome. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.